All right, so today what I thought we would do is just brainstorm together some things to do with mentoring. What does it mean to be a mentor? To be a mentor and to have a mentor. And a little later on, I'd like to get into what we might call the human touch or the real talk (laughs) of being a mentor. And we can brainstorm things on a deeper level. But before we get there, let's just Let's just run over some of the basics. Let's just look at, well, what is a mentor in an ABC textbook sort of way? Well, essentially, you have someone that's further down the path than you, taking care of someone who is learning or a beginner in some sort of way. And a mentor is different to a teacher because with a mentorship, you've sort of got to It's sort of assumed that you admire your mentor. There's a kind of admiration. They look up to you. They really are invested in, well, the skills that you have. They're they're impressed by the skills that you have as you, the mentor. Now, just to say, we will be switching this around as you, the person being mentored and you mentoring someone because this does fit both ways. But either way, you can imagine this both ways because we are trying to get this brainstorm into all of the nooks and crannies and corners of this dynamic. And it's different to, like a mentor is different to a teacher in that you don't really admire a teacher, or at least (laughs) in my case, I didn't really admire my teachers. And a teacher doesn't really have to have the skill, right? A teacher can teach something without necessarily having the skill in that thing. You can teach music theory, for example, or you can teach art theory or any other theory or even technical skills without necessarily demonstrating it. With a mentor, well, that person actually demonstrates that skill and that's why they have that admiration. And another thing that is very important is that a mentor is not there by rules, not there in that position because of bureaucracy, because of an institution, because of a venue or anything of those sorts. A mentor is there in their own capacity out of their own volition, out of their own kindness. There's a, there's a giving behind it. Whereas with a teacher, there are rules involved. There is institutional structures. There are institutional structures. There, are, there is bureaucracy. There is a web that they are within. So with mentorship, it's very much more one-on-one. Now, that's not to say you can't have a mentorship program that is a part of a institutional structure of some sort. That's not, that's not to say. But generally speaking, with a mentorship, the emphasis is on this one-on-one giving from your own volition. Now, when I first thought about this, I thought, okay, well, if, if I was a mentor, what would I do? And this is what I came up with. There's about four categories of things. And each of those four things are divided into about four things. 
And all these things would be like questions that I have for the person I'm mentoring as to what we work on and to how I connect with them and how I understand where they're at and where they're going and how they improve. So the first level, and you might say, okay, well, if you've got four times four things, then you spend 15 minutes on each category of things and you meet with them for an hour, right? So if you have an hour meeting with them, then that's how you would break it down. If you have a two hour meeting, then you have half an hour for each. And if you have longer times or open times, then it might be more open and more dynamic, but you want to have these about equally weighted. So the first category is like your personal assessment of where you're at. And that's very important. And the way I broke that down is into physical, emotional, mental, and relational. So how are you physically? Do you feel strong? Do you feel energized? Do you feel healthy? How are you emotionally? What sort of emotions do you have? Are you feeling happy? Or are you feeling sad? Are you feeling defeated? Are you feeling empowered? Are you feeling excited? Are you feeling big ranges of emotions or just the same sort of emotions every day? Are you feeling sort of bored? Are you feeling apathy, indifference? So that's the emotional level. And then the mental level, what are you thinking about recently? What have you been thinking about a lot? Are you thinking about work? Are you thinking about your sense of future? Are you thinking about something that happened? Are you thinking about who you are in so many ways? (laughs) And then there's relational. Okay, so what are your relationships in your life? What are the core relationships that you have? Boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend, group of friends, work associates, family. How much are they weighted? Are you very much strongly weighted at the moment in a relationship with a family member? Or are you very much strongly weighted in a relationship with a friend? Or is there a lack of relationships? You're very much actually secluded. How dynamic is your relational side to your life? So that's a personal assessment. That's one category. Now, in this category, you do have to be careful because as a mentor, you're not a counselor. So to assess how the person you are mentoring is, is not quite the same as actually working with it. And in so many ways, a counselor would work with only these four levels, right? Physical, emotional, mental, and relational. And they would actually be actively not just assessing where they're at and saying, okay, so this is what's happening in your life. But they'd say, okay, well, how do we go deeper? What is the reasoning behind it? What are the mechanisms at work? What are the forces at play? How do we change what you need to change? How do you accept what you need to accept? How do you work with seeing things more clearly? What could you do to act or speak or think in a different way, right? And that's the role of the counselor. So as a mentor, you do need to have a little bit of that, of knowing where they're at personally, because it is personal, right? You don't want to see, you don't want to, you don't want to be a mentor. Where it's like, oh, oh no, don't tell me about any of your family stuff, right? <laughs> don't tell me about your boyfriend or girlfriend, It'd be it'd it'd be sort of like well oh, don't don't you care don't you want to know about my life right but then also on the other side if it's becoming a counselling session you have to say no we've spent enough time on this we need to go across to some other sections so the next section if the first one is personal 
then the next one would be, I guess we could call this behavioral or conditional. And the four things that we work with or look at is work, routine, habits, and locations. So your work is, what are you working on? What are you creating? What are you getting paid for? What are you building? What is it that you clock on and clock off for every day? Is it that you don't have work? That you need to find a job or build something? And of course, there is a difference between having a J-O-B job, as in clock on, clock off, and you get a paycheck, and you work on something. It's possible to be unemployed and yet to have something to work on. That's that's actually my situation right now, right? I'm unemployed. I don't get paid. I don't have any money. I don't have a way of clocking on, clocking off. But at least I've given myself something to work on, to build. So I have work. And there are some things in that that I have to work with, right? There are some struggles with <laughs> not getting paid but doing work nonetheless. Next level, routine. What is your daily routine like? Have you got a routine? Daily meditation, daily exercise, right? This ties back into the physical and emotional and mental. Have you got your stretching routine, your yoga habit? Have you got your diet sorted out? What is your routine? Do you wake up at the same time every day? Do you allocate times to things? There's a whole range of things that you can do to make a dynamic, changing, flowing, deep routine. And that's something that as a mentor, you've been through, right? If you're mentoring someone, you've tried all sorts of different routines and you can see when it's not working or when it is working or maybe you could try this. And so you say that to the person you're mentoring. Now, the next one is related, which is habits. So, That's very similar to routine. What are your habits? Do you have addictions? Smoking, drinking, drugs, alcohol, excessive porn, internet, these sorts of things. And as a mentor, it's not your job to sort of hit them over the head and say, you shouldn't be doing that, right? That's not what someone needs. And it is quite tricky. Maybe some of those addictions, they sort of move more towards the counsellor and they're more of the job of the counsellor or the therapist. But at least you can acknowledge them. You can say, well, what is it? And just by having someone know what your habits are, that can help. A lot, that actually is a, that's actually a deeper point that a lot of what a mentor does is just listens to the mentoree and what they say. And just by having someone to talk to, in the same way that a counsellor, to a large degree, is just someone listening to their problems, well, a mentor is someone that's like, well, listening to your life and listening to your progress on your work and the skill that it is that you want to develop. And lastly, in this category... We have locations. So what places are you? This is the environmental factor. This is the conditioning factor. So you have your work. You have your home. Where else do you have? Your place of study, your school. Where else do you have? Well, you might have band practice. 
You might have swimming or sports. You might have other community activities. And what is it that is happening in those environments? Are you feeling that they are fruitful? Are they helpful? Do you need to quit something, right? A mentor is the sort of person you go to where you think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of quitting band practice, but I'm not sure. That's exactly the sort of question for your mentor. And your mentor might say, well, how do you feel in that environment? What is it that you originally wanted to get out of that environment? What is it that drew you towards band practice in the first place? Have you lost touch with your roots? And then you might say, oh, no, no, there's this person there that's just, ah, they're so toxic. I really can't stand to be around them. Well, well, that's not band practice. That's a relational issue. So work routine, habits, and locations are the next category. So now's where we get into the meat of it. This is really mentor central. The next category would be, okay, well, what's our plan of action? What is the course? What is the next step? And we've got four categories for this. Number one, goals. Two, learnings. Three, skills. And four, building or buildings. So what are your goals? What are your targets? What is it that you want to achieve? What skill level do you want to have? What asset count do you want to have? What, how many albums do you want to have? How many paintings do you want to paint? How many poems do you want to write? Put a number on it. Tangible goal setting is exactly what the mentor helps you with. Number two, learnings. What are you learning about? What are you a student of? And usually when you're doing a mentorship, then you're working with a mentor that is in a particular field. So if it's a musician's mentorship or a business mentorship, then the learnings is, well, okay, you're my mentor. I'm here to learn music. And the mentor would say, okay, so that's what you're learning, but let's break it down. You want to have theory. You want to have melody. You want to have harmony. You want to have orchestration and instrumentation. Which of these do you want to focus on for your learnings? Maybe we can do one each week. And if it's business, then... The mentor would say, well, do you want to learn about cash flow or do you want to learn about fixed costs? Do you want to learn about marketing or do you want to learn about product development? Do you want to learn about human resources and staffing and hiring and recruitment and management? So that's what the mentor does. They break down the learnings. And then third category, skills. What are the skills that you are building? Because when you learn something, you understand it. And you can comprehend it to some degree, but then you actually have to get your hands into the place. You actually have to execute it, whether it's with your hands or your mind or what. So that's skills, that's practice, that, revol- that, that involves a repetition, that involves a dedication to rehearsing it and doing it again. You have rehearsals in business, not just in music. And then lastly in this category is building. What are you building? 
And building is different to skills, learning and goals. Because building is something that is incremental that increases over time. Do you want to build your bank account? How are you going to build your bank account higher? Are you going to build your portfolio? How are you going to build your portfolio? Whether it's a stock portfolio on the public exchange or it's an art portfolio by how many paintings you've done. Or it's a film, uh, like filmography, right? How many videos do you want to make? How many films do you want to make? And how are you building it? If you have that target, right? Because this is all related. You might set a goal for how much you want to build. And then you can work out how are you building it. And you can build. So It's sort of like the skills and the learning come into it, right? It's all connected. Because you might say, okay, I want to have four films done by the end of the year. So it's like, okay, well, that means you need to do one every quarter, every three months. And the first one, you make sure you have to do it within three months. You reach that goal and then you've, then you've learned and you've built skills. And that first one might not actually be very good. And the second one will be slightly better and you'll learn some more and you'll have more skills. And by the end, you've built four films but really, only the last one is really good. Or you might feel, you know, the third one was really good. So, goals, learning, skills, and building is a very important assessment and process to go through. Now, the last category is sort of related to goals and all those. This is sort of really assessing your course of action. We have four things, weaknesses, resources, plannings, and problems or setbacks. So what are your weaknesses? What are the things that you are not good at that you need to be good at? What are the things that hinder you that you do to yourself, like self-sabotage or lack of knowledge, lack of skill? Lack of goal setting, lack of building. What are your resources? Who can you get to help you? Where can you find knowledge? Where can you get books about the subject that you're learning? Where can you get videos? Right? The mentor knows all this. They say, oh, you should read this book. Or you should listen to this speaker. You should watch this movie or this film. You should check out this person, right? Because the mentor has vast knowledge. The mentor has done it all before and they need to see, ah, okay, so you're at this spot. So this is what's right for you. This is going to be really good. You should, you should check out that album. You should check out that musician. It's going to be really good. And that's actually very powerful because resources are often as valuable only as the weight that you give them. And they are given extra weight when they're suggested by someone you admire. There's something very powerful in that, right? If you go to the library and you see 10,000 books and you sort of just pick one off the shelf, then it's like, you know, it's a lucky dip. And, and there's something great in that process. There is something in that journey that's quite amazing. But to go to the library with the book in the mind, like, ah, that guy said, I really need that book. And you look it up and then you find it. And it's like, ah, it's here. Yes, they do have it. Then that's a very different dynamic. There's a lot behind that. Now, plannings. So 
to stick with the analogy of the movies, well, four movies in one year. Okay, so I need to have my script written by this stage. I need to do pre-production by this stage. I need to have principal shooting and photography by this stage. And I need to be in editing mode by this stage, right? And you're setting out the plans. So the plans would be by date, by what it is, by incremental steps, by what resources you're going to use, how you're going to overcome your weaknesses. And it's broken down into steps. So that's that's coming back to goals. That's coming back to how you actually learn to take the steps. And then lastly, in this category, we have setbacks or problems. And this is related to weaknesses, but weaknesses is personal. Problems is, well, it's the outside world. It's something else that's working against you. And distinguishing those two things is quite tricky because sometimes we say we've got a problem when really we've got a weakness. And that's very hard to see for ourselves. That's very much self-deception, frog in the slow boiling water kind of situation. And that's where a mentor can really help. That's where a mentor can say, okay, is this a problem that's coming to you that you need to solve from an external circumstance or relationship or event? Or is it a weakness? And you can confuse the two. You can say, <laughs> this this might be a kind of a, a, a toxic <laughs> mentorship where you say, you know, it's your problem. It's your problem. It's your weakness. Your inability to resolve this, is, this issue is your weakness. It's your character flaw. And of course, this is not proper mentoring. This is toxic mentoring. The role of the mentor is to carefully distinguish these things and help the person through that. And that actually takes me nicely to a very important point, which I hinted at earlier, but I'd like to make explicit clear right now, explicit and clear right now, which is that you as a mentor should never scold the person you are mentoring. Never, under any circumstances. You must only ever encourage them. Let me make this more clear. You should never punish them. You should never tell them, bad job. You should never tell them, you're an idiot. You should never tell them, you should know better. You should never hit them with a stick. Right? Scolding is not just physical. I mean, it is physical. But it's also verbal. It's also emotional. And teachers do this. Right? In some ways, you could say, it's not very good that teachers do do this. But as a mentor, it is critical that you never, ever hurt in any way the person you are mentoring. Because they will remember it for the rest of their life. It will be ingrained in them 
like nothing else. And it will form as the basis of many behaviors and many assumptions that they go on to act out and play out later in life. And it can be very hard to undo those things. So understand when you are mentoring someone, you have to be very delicate. You have to be very careful. In the same sort of way that a psychologist or a therapist has to be careful when they're counseling someone, right? They're working with someone vulnerable. Well, this is somewhere, this is a place or a thing that the mentor can learn from the therapist. Now, of course, part of this dynamic is building up the person you're mentoring by understanding that they are weak and fragile. It's your job to make them feel strong. And there are ways around that. There are ways of working with that and actually acknowledging this dynamic. Like you wouldn't want to put someone down and say, well, that's what makes them stronger, right? A lot of teachers and mentors take that approach. They have that idea. Oh, I'm going to mentor this person by toughening them up. I'm going to toughen up their skin and strengthen them by actually putting them through hardships, by hitting them with a stick, literally. Or even doing the equivalent emotionally and verbally. And this is not good mentoring, right? This is just, this is a juvenile approach to mentoring. It's, it's like, come on, man. You've got to have more nuance. You've got to have heart. You've got to have soul. You've got to have wisdom. You've got to have your higher intelligence. And it really is, mentoring is a different skill to the skill that you're imparting to the person you're mentoring. Because you might be a genius musician or a genius businessman or woman. Or you might be a genius painter with incredible skill. But imparting that with grace, with compassion, and also just with general efficiency, right? <laughs> That's very important. It's a different skill. And the judgment is, well, look at the person you're mentoring. Are they as good as you? How long is it going to take them to get better than you? Because that's really where you're aiming for. For the person you are mentoring, you should be asking, okay, how do I give this person all of the skill that I have, all of the knowledge that I have, all of the experience that I have in less time than it took me to acquire it so that they can actually be better than me in the space of a couple of years or less? Right? Think big as a mentor. By the time this person leaves, I want them to be better than me. Now, to get to the human touch, 
the human side. And this is something I mentioned at the start. When I think of mentorship, I think there is something funny about that word. There is something there is something a little bit off-putting. Sort of like teacher, <laughs> you know? I don't want to have a teacher. I don't want to be a teacher. There's something very distasteful about the whole dynamic. And really, in the best world or some utopian world, we all learn on our own. We all find our own path. We all find our own way. But the reality is that some people are more experienced than others. And there is something very valuable in the older generation passing something on down to the younger generation. So I think mentorship for whatever industry or for better or for worse, it is going to be around in its various forms, in its various ways. And when I think about it, like really personally, I think like, what do I wish someone had told me? And basically, it came down to, well, I wish someone had recognized my talent. I wish someone had recognized my skill. And when I think back to when I was, I guess, I don't know, a generation ago, or however long that is, right? And I realized, well, there were people that said that to me. (laughs) There were people that recognized my skill and encouraged my talents. And a lot of the time I couldn't believe them. I couldn't listen to them. I couldn't hear them because of how I was, because of where I was at. And And I wonder now, why is that? What's going on there? Because you can't mentor someone by like giving them a lecture right? You can't talk down to them. You can't say, now listen here, I know better than you, so you better take my advice. That, that's not a mentor. That's like, ugh. that's like, that's like father-son dynamic there. That's, that's even worse. <laughs> that's almost even worse than a teacher. <laughs> and like, I thought about it and I thought, the people that I would listen to were the people that understood where I was coming from. It was the people that I connected with. And I connected with the people that were older who treated me as an equal. Because it can never sense, it, it can never be like, it can never feel like, or you can never sense that it's like you're speaking down. And this, I guess, is one of those really tricky things to... It's the tightrope walk for the mentor to to walk because you really want to be on the same level as someone you admire. You want to be friends with them. You want to feel they know you and you know them. There's human connection there. Real understanding human connection. You admire someone really more for that even than the skills that they have. Right? You might say, ah, oh, that person is an incredible painter, but damn, they're a real nice person. They're so warm, so understanding, so friendly. 
And yet the funny thing is with that, that the mentor can't really be friends with the person they're mentoring. There has to be some sort of separation. And this is much more murky than with teachers. Because when you're a teacher, that's a defined role. I'm the teacher, you're the student. Learn. Here's the textbook, page three, please. But with a mentorship, it's it's much more tricky. And and I wished someone had said had have said to me that I have talent. Your skills need developing and they're worth developing. And you have a bright future. And I wish someone had have said that to me who I connected with. Someone who I was allowed to admire. And that's another thing for the mentor to understand is being allowed to admire someone is an amazing thing. I, I wanted to have in my life someone who I just thought was the greatest person in the world. Like, damn, that person is just amazing. And to sort of go up and put that on someone, it is a bit awkward, right? Even if you know you are really good at what you do, it's still a little bit awkward. It's still a bit like, eh. Like, how do you do that without becoming like, oh, yeah, I know I'm hot stuff, right? Without becoming cocky or arrogant. (laughs) That's another tightrope walk for the, the mentor to walk. And really, all of these dynamics, I mean, the the real foundational crux of the matter is to be real. Just be real. Be a real human being. Be honest. Don't play games. Don't put on a facade. Don't Don't put on a mentorship blueprint with someone. Really just talk human to human. Right? This whole blueprint that I've laid out, that's great as a structure, but in a way it can get into a tangle. Because what we really want as people who look up to others... It's just a real human connection and to really know about them. And another part of this might look like the mentor actually sharing some of their side with the person they're mentoring. And of course, <laughs> you don't want to go too far with it. You don't want to turn it into, it, it, it's sort of funny, you see this with psychologists where you, you go to the psychologist and then they say something about themselves, but it's a little bit too much and they say a little bit too much and then it's almost like, well, now I'm listening to you, maybe you need some help of your own, mate, <laughs> right? And there's a reason psychologists do that because that's sort of an attempt at building rapport. We could have a whole conversation about what it means for teachers and people of prominence to actually make themselves vulnerable. That that is a dynamic. That's a whole conversation for another day. But that's in the mentorship program maybe what it looks like for them to just be human. Just be real. 
Just be really honest about, well, how are things? And it is very hard to believe that I have talent. And there are incredibly talented young people that I know that are just so much further intelligent than me. And it's very hard to really impart that to them. And I've tried just point blank, like like walking right up to them and just saying, you are incredibly intelligent. You are so much smarter than I am. And so much better than I was at your age, at your stage of life. And you will go so much further than me. And of course, along with that, I have to say, well, I am more experienced, (laughs) right? Maybe that's the trade you give. You trade intelligence for for experience. (laughs) And that's why these old people are so dumb. (laughs) This older generation is so dumb. And really, to, to say to someone that, well, you're talented, you're, you're intelligent, you're, you're gifted, you're going to go far, you have a bright future, you're better than me in so many ways, you're so much further beyond what I can imagine, that is a gift. To be able to say that and to mean it and to see it in someone, that is the gift of mentoring. That is the joy of mentoring. It's to see something so amazing beginning to bloom and i would want that for anyone i would want i want that for all of us just just imagine a world where we are all just talking real admiring each other helping each other with compassion with love with care with all the vast knowledge that we have with all the skills and the experience and we're building each other up to be strong to have skills, to have experience in all things, in art, in music, in psychology, in knowledge, in business, in entrepreneurship, in technology, in education, in community, in social work, right? It's all, it's all part of it. It's all part of it. So those are some thoughts on mentoring. And the last thing I'll add is that mentoring is usually a one-on-one thing. And there is a dynamic where you can institutionalize your approach. And that's where you have not a one-on-one thing, but a class thing. But that's a different dynamic. We don't need to go too far into that. But at least... That's a start. That's some, those are some thoughts. Maybe, maybe leave me a comment as to what you felt you wished you had have heard as someone learning a new skill or just as a young kid. What do you wish your mentor had have told you? Leave me in the comments if you've listened this far. I would appreciate that. So, pardon me. Thanks very much. 
that's all we have to say for now, and we'll be back very soon with more. Thank you.